0: We're talking medicine, marriage, and money on this episode of the Talk To Me Doc podcast. You know, what can be an annoying process having to listen to ads in order to listen to podcasts? Do you know what's not an annoying process? Working locum tenens with Weatherby Healthcare. Our experts streamline everything from credentialing to housing with industry leading technology and know-how so you can simply focus on what you love, practicing medicine. Head to financialresidency.com weatherby to get started and feel free to keep your favorite podcast on while you're at it. Welcome to the Talk To Me Doc Podcast, where it's all about serving the early career physician. Let's talk about the unique issues that face us so we can create a better future for ourselves and those to come. And now your host, Dr. Andrew Tisser. Hey everybody, it's Andrew, and welcome back to the Talk To Me Doc Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. For my returning listeners, welcome back. And for my new listeners, welcome. Because today, like on every episode, we're talking to the best guests from in and around healthcare and beyond to discuss issues relating to the early career physician. Today, I welcome Dr. Kate Mangona to the show. Dr. Mangona began practicing as a board-certified pediatric radiologist in 2015 after completing a six-year medical school program at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, radiology residency at Beaumont Health System in Royal Oak, Michigan, and pediatric radiology fellowship at Texas Children's Hospital in Houston, Texas. Dr. Mangona is a supportive physician's wife and mother to three little girls and a mini poodle. She and her husband Victor, a pediatric radiation oncologist and tax code enthusiast, are active and passive real estate investors in over three thousand multi. Multi-family units and single family rentals, including a luxury Airbnb, and lead a multifamily masterclass course where they teach others how to passively invest in real estate and grow their wealth as they sleep. As a certified life coach, Kate hosts the Medicine, Marriage, and Money podcast and leads the Medicine, Marriage, and Money coaching program where she helps married women physicians with children spend less time arguing with their spouse and more time reigniting the sparks once felt during their honeymoon. In her free time, she enjoys nature walks with her family and singing and dancing with her hubby and girls. Well, let's welcome Kate on the show. Dr. Kate Mangona, welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Andrew, for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Uh, and I'm so excited to have you. We've been trying to get this together for a while, so this is awesome.
1: <laughs> yes, for sure. I know, because I had you on my podcast like several months ago when Marlo was much younger, right? She was in your arms then, too.
0: Oh, I know. Well, you know, that's how it goes. That's the dad life, right? <laughs> yep. So, so Kate, I already recorded a little bit about you, but could you tell the listeners briefly kind of who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. Yes. I'm a pediatric radiologist. I work in academics in Dallas, Texas. I'm married to a pediatric radiation oncologist, also working in Dallas, Texas at the Proton Center with Texas Oncology, and we have three little girls together, ages four, two, and two months, almost three months now. Um, I'm about to finish out my maternity leave and go back to my radiology job, but when I'm not at my radiology job, I host the Medicine, Marriage, and Money podcast where I, I highlight physician couples or couples with just one physician, power couples basically, and talk about how they work their marriage and you know what makes a successful marriage what creates a marital interdependence and uh help married women physicians fight less be more intimate and also invest smarter hence the money part so that is me
0: (laughs) all really important topics and i think a very unique uh niche these days and you know we don't we don't really talk that much about you know the the uh, marriage. Okay. The marriage difficulties that we, that we see, um, all, all the way through our training and then beyond. So, um, so let's just get right into it. You know, what, what are some of the issues that, that you talk about and that you see, uh, in your own, uh, coaching practice, et cetera, as it relates to, uh, let's start with residents. Like, uh, what about getting married in residency or, or, or dating in residency or, or long-term relationships in residency? What kind of issues do you see?
1: Oh, and residency. Okay. So you know what? I have actually interviewed a a lot of now attending couples and we go back and we talk about the residency path and many of them had to actually do long distance during their residency because they each did residency in different places or one had a job already and the other one had to go do training something else. And everybody says the same thing. Yes, we did long distance for one year, two years, sometimes three years, but we don't recommend it because you just you lose that that you know face to face contact that really intimate connection that and plus like when you're in residency you're so busy you're so you get so overwhelmed in your own life and i mean you you see that like but the strongest couples do survive and what what does that take you know to survive through that i think it's it's a lot of it is mindset it's it's knowing that you guys are going to come together and deciding that no matter what happens and if you don't see each other that it's going to be okay like eventually one day you're going to hopefully be living together and you know cre- creating this family so you just kind of know like even though no they're in a different place like a of, um, or maybe they are living in your same house and you just never see them because you're both so busy in the clinics and the hospitals and training and studying for your exams. But you know that someday things will slow down to a certain extent and I, I don't want to say slow down completely because as attending physicians we are, all crazy busy too. And then when we start having children's, you know, things just go all over the place. But um, but when you're in training, it's it's a different kind of a pressure because you have you're you're basically like at the bottom of the totem pole. And when you become an attending, there's a certain freedom that you're given with that. But I think what I'm trying to say is it's the mindset, like just deciding you're gonna stay together and you're gonna work on things. Because of course we can get into fights and we get into arguments so we can never see each other. Uh, and that's when, and if we get into those fights and don't repair, that's when things start to fall apart. So it's really about our repair mechanisms or repair techniques that we have in our relationship. Are we able to go to our, um, whatever it is at the time, you know, significant other and say, Hey, I messed up. I didn't mean to yell or I'm sorry. I love you. Let's reconnect. That's what's most important. Are you able to do that? Are you able to set your ego aside? And place your relationship first, or is it always going to be your career? And I think that's a decision that each individual has to make for themselves.
0: Yeah, well said. I, I think certainly nobody wants the long distance, but the the match is such that unfortunately it goes that way. For the listeners, my daughter Marlo is my co-host today, so she <laughs> she has a lot of comments. Um, but I, I mean, my wife and I match two hours apart, and I did a lot of driving. But the end of the day, you know, it it was very challenging. And and our relationship was very strained during it. I mean, I remember there was a month we were both in like ICU type settings. And we were both on like, q3 24 hour call. And we would just like pass each other in the night kind of thing. Um, But there's a lot of people that that unfortunately, relationships don't survive. And so you think do you think the secret is, is just the communication pass aspect, the mindset of it all, or is there is there certain certain things about the relationship going in uh, that that may lead to better outcomes? What do you think?
1: I mean, the communication is certainly important, but that's definitely not everything because you can have really poor communication if you're yelling at each other and getting upset at each other all the time, but not recognizing, um, like if if your partner is calling for help and you don't recognize that, like, cause sometimes we may see say really mean things to our spouse um or our significant other. We may say really harsh things in the moment and and, and then they can be taken multiple ways. I mean, there's not just one way to take the words of your spouse. So it's, it's, how we receive the words and even the actions of our spouse are we going to make it mean something terrible like oh my gosh they don't love me anymore we're going to get a divorce or this is never going to work out and then we perpetuate that thought for days and days and we talk to all of our friends about it and all of our families about it and they back us up you know or do we take those words and interpret them different like wow they must be having a really rough day or week or month or year you never you never really know because you're not inside their head and so if we don't stay curious about what's really going inside the head of our spouse then it's i mean we're just we end up talking to brick walls or yelling at brick walls so it's it's just it's really what you want to make things what words mean because ultimately we we have a chance we have to create our own happiness you know we create our own love for ourselves our own appreciation and our own connection based on how we interpret the our relationship which we create in our mind so i really do think it's up to each individual
0: i agree yeah that's great and, and so moving past the residency years, I mean, you know, the days go slow. Okay. The weeks go slow, but the, but the, the years go quickly in residency, yes. right? Um, yes. But, but once we get out, you know, we think – I know a lot of people think they'll have all this free time, but uh, we're, we're certainly quite busy as attendings as well. So uh, what are some of the challenges uh, you start to see – Early in the attending years, and and what are some strategies to to help overcome some of the some of the marital issues we run into?
1: Right, you know, and this brings up a great topic because I actually have um, several coaching clients that I um, speak to who are who actually kind of like have half and half in their relationship. So one person is still in training and the other person has just one to two years out of their residency because of the length of different, you know, anesthesiology versus ER versus radiology. So they're just a little bit off in the years. And what I find is, so let me just give you a current example. One of my um, past coaching clients was, she was, she was the, she was an early attending and her spouse was still finishing up, um, fellowship. So she was still, and, and he was still studying very hard to pass his exams, his, um, his board cert- certification exams. And so the burden really fell on her to, to do the, most of the housework, the childcare work, um, and, and everything not to mention, she was also a new attending physician. You know, and it's not like they had been married forever, so they didn't have a really, really solid platform to go off of. So this is navigo- navigating so much: a new, a new baby, a new career, a new relationship, and. And, and she, and she was starting to feel disconnected because she didn't see him and he was always studying and, you know, he's worried about passing an exam, but she does. She's not as in head in his head. She doesn't see that, that the, he's going to work and still training, still like at the bottom of the totem pole every day and getting pooped on by his attendings and, uh, maybe his senior, whatever, whoever is senior to him. And then has to come home and study so hard for fear of not. Being able to pass and then support his family in the future, right, to get a good job, but she doesn't see that, right? She sees, he, she sees. Well, we're just disconnected. I'm always taking care of the kids. I'm always taking care of the house. I have to go to work, and I, 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 feeling unappreciated, unloved, disconnected, and and not to mention maybe a little bit unfulfilled because she was thinking once she became an attending, you know, it would be all rainbows and unicorns and light bulbs going off. And unfortunately, that doesn't always happen for everybody. We spend 10 to 20 years training and then we get to the end of the road and we're like, is this it? Do I have to go to clinic and, you know, go through the motions every day and then come home? And sometimes we lose sight of that bigger impact we really are creating for our patients that I think we do and we still are creating for our patients, but we just lose sight of it because of all the bureaucracy and the paperwork and and administration. And so when you have all that combined, it's really hard to lose track of your own self, you know? And and being actually connected with your own self and that's where it starts with because if you can't be fulfilled on your own, then there's no way you can feel connected to your spouse or be fulfilled in the relationship. So that's the first thing we work on. And that's the first thing I worked on with this uh, particular client I was thinking about is we worked on giving herself love grace, self-compassion for everything she was going through. And then also working on all these thoughts that maybe she would not even realize she had about not being able to exercise as much and not, you know, loving her body the way she wanted to after just giving birth, um, about, you know, what, um, What crying meant of her, of her baby, you know, and does that mean she's a bad mom? No. And then talking about future possibilities of how she could find fulfillment in, in her work. And then, you know, after when we talk about all this, we realize that really she creates the connection that she wants in her own life with her spouse. And so all these thoughts she was thinking about him not being there every step of the way, creating this disconnection, she was able to turn around. Like I'm telling you within like one or two weeks, she was able to turn it around just by evaluating her own thoughts and realizing she was creating the disconnection because the, the relationship was still the same. I mean, you add, we added in a baby that she was studying, but, but she just had to find that this is how we're going to stay connected. And I believe we're still connected. And, you know, just kind of those internal networks in our mind were kind of, Rebuilding those and figuring out which thoughts were getting in her way, and um, then we went on to coach for the next uh, couple of months on different topics because she was she had she already had that connection, so she just kind of found what she had lost.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. Like the, the stories <laughs> we tell ourselves, right? And yeah, uh, the uh, you know that's funny what, what you talk about. Like this, that this is it. Okay, I know. Yeah, you get upset. When- that happens too. Um, when, when you say, you know, you get done with training and, uh, oh, is this all? You know, I talk about that all the time because we're always working towards something and then all of a sudden it's just like, all right, well, now I got to do this forever. Um, that, that really causes a lot of trouble in people's minds and especially mm-hmm. throwing relationship troubles and, and throwing a baby. I mean, I, certainly I, I can understand that. that's that is uh, it, it is a big challenge. so. You know, despite all of our busy schedules and and craziness in life, you know how how do we stay connected? You know, I I understand the inner work and and you know under like creating your own stories, but as far as it being a team effort, how how do we stay connected to each other despite crazy schedules?
1: Right, and I always say it starts with one person. I I am a huge believer in the power of one. Only one person in the relationship needs to begin to work on the relationship for things to just go amazing. And um of course, two people are in the relationship, but when you're both bogged down and not paying attention and letting your ego get in the way and not cultivating, you know, your relationship, things can go sour. But if one person steps up and says, "Hey, look, I'm taking charge here. I love this person. They are going to be in my life for as long as I want them to be, as long as we nurture our love and our appreciation and our gratitude for each other. It just takes that one person. So, and this is what I always recommend. You know, when I first start um, coaching my clients, I recommend setting aside time because that's the first thing we do not do is we, we schedule in all of our appointments, all of our, you know, we've got our work schedule, you know, and then we try to squeeze in sleep. After the studying and the training and the work schedule, and then the appointments, and then okay, let's go care for our children or our pets or whatever it is that you know the dependents we have to care for in life, and then our house works, um, you know, um, and then and then and then there's barely anything left over for for actually your myself yourself the individual person or the relationship. So I say let's focus on time first. Let's schedule into our calendar when I am going to spend time with the people I love me and my significant other because they're the last people i usually s- schedule in time for so if we put that on the calendar and i'm talking about literally writing it down in your calendar book or on your google calendar this is going to be the 20 minutes i have for myself today and once a week i am going to reserve 2 hours for my spouse and we don't have to do that we're like so- sometimes people don't don't have date date nights date coffee dates, date, lunches, whatever. We we just are like so busy, we can't do that. But no, you can. You just have to put it on the calendar and you have to stick to it. And you have to know why you're doing it, right? So that you can cultivate your love every week. Because the best time to work on your relationship is when it's already okay, when it's already good. When it's off the deep end and when it's starting to go down, it's gonna be a lot harder, okay? So put on your calendar that time, call it whatever you wanna call it. I just like to call it date night because everybody understands that. Or it could be, you know, date time if if it's easier for you to go in the morning or in the afternoon, you know. But if you schedule those date nights once a week and it doesn't have to be a five-hour date night, it can be one, one hour, then that is time dedicated to your spouse that's not going to be interrupted by phone calls, by television, by computers that you're going to give to each other then you can start with that, and then you can you can start to decide what you're gonna, you know, create that time to be, you know, and is, is it gonna be one, you know, one week? It'll be one partner's choice, and the other week it'll be the other partner's choice. You can create that, but if you're not creating time for each other, then that can that can lead to uh, a disaster. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I love the the scheduling it, right? And it's it's so important. And and I like to be able to, you know, when that's in the calendar too and someone at work at wants me to do something, oh, I have an obligation at that time, you know, I have mm-hmm. a I have a conflict because you do, right? Because you yeah. have a calendar event and whether it's going out to dinner or going for a walk or, or yeah. sipping coffee on the deck or whatever it is, um that's so important and we get away from it. Like, Absolutely. you know, I find even my wife and I and we recently was really like in the summer, we have so many guest house guests, you know, and we're just like, we haven't done, gone out to dinner in like a month and a half. Like, come on, what are we doing here? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just so easy to fall into that trap of just like work, 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 baby stuff and everything else. And then you got nothing left. So You're right, um, that's such an important point. Uh, Kate, can I put you on the spot here for a second? Uh, what okay. Do you think are, the, are the like three biggest uh, realms or areas that uh, lead to like marital conflicts in uh, specifically to, to the physician audience?
1: Oh, okay. What leads to marital conflict? Three things. That or like the, mar-
0: maybe the three biggest issues that are, that are perhaps unique or more prevalent in the physician population. Cause we all know what leads to marital strife in, in the general public, but how about us as yeah, doctors specifically? Yeah. Is there a couple of things that are really prevalent?
1: You know, I, I think we, one huge topic that um, that's not always brought up in, in outside the physician circles is, you know, we have patients lives in our hands. We see people severely ill, sick and dying. Like we watch people die in front of our, in front of our eyes. And sometimes, sometimes it's kids and, and they have no you know, they didn't cause any of this, right? It just, it happened. And and then we see their parents. And and it's also sometimes it is preventable. And that brings up other issues. But the thing is, is we, we carry such a heavy burden every single day when we go to work that we don't often speak about this or talk about this. Like it's hard to, we're not taught how to verbalize this or process this really this grief. I mean, it's grief. And so we may be taking it home with us and not even realizing it, or maybe we do realize it. We just don't even think about communicating it with our partner because we don't want to place that burden on them. Uh, and, or we just want to turn it off. But the heart, the thing is sometimes if we just turn it off, we're suppressing it. And, and and when we're suppressing our emotions and our thoughts about this heavy grief they get pushed down, you know, eventually you're going to explode or eventually you're going to feel like nobody understands you. And, and then you're, and then that can lead to huge conflict with your spouse, right? You're, you feeling all this pent up sorrow and, and, and they have no idea, you know, they have no idea what's going on inside your head. So I feel like that is one huge burden that physicians hold. And it, even even if both spouses are in healthcare, we don't see it. We don't step back because when we get home, it's like, okay, here, you go feed the baby. I'm going to go pick up Sally from soccer practice. I want you to go repair the air conditioning. I need you to call the cable guy. It's just like, let's do, 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 do these things and not how was your day? No, not like how was your day just lets me ask and hopefully you'll say good. But like, how really are you doing how was your day and just listening right and then okay so that's number 1 number 2 is physicians we we like to solve everything we like to fix everything we are fixers solvers treaters cures healers so we want to heal our spouse too and when they're going through things like this so say they do come home and they tell you they had a patient die on the table Well, we want to fix it. Right. You know, a lot of the times we do, we want to, okay, how can we fix this? Um, and, and we figure out, okay, Oh, you know, um, you really shouldn't feel that way. You know, like there was really nothing you could do. This was out of your control or this patient brought this on themselves. Um, you know, they should have gotten the vaccine or they should have not drank alcohol or something. Right. And we try to start saying these things to make our spouse feel better, that it wasn't them you know, who caused the illness or the death of this patient. But that's not always what we want to hear. Sometimes we just want silence, a hand, a nod, uh, somebody to really look into our eyes and feel like they understand us. So we need to stop fixing things, solving things. When we come home, you can either ask, if you don't know, You know, if say, say you didn't realize this is a problem in your relationship, you can start asking every day when your spouse comes home, is this where you want me to fix your problem or listen, you know, what situation is this? And then once you start doing that and you start understanding which situations are which, then you can just sit back and listen, right? And, and, and really actively listen, not listen while you're thumbing on your phone or finishing up your charts in the computer, but like sit together, hold their hand, figure out what your spouse needs and, and give it to them. So that was number one. And number two, I think those are the, the, the two things that really come to mind besides, okay, okay. I got a third one. I think the third one would be <laughs> when, um, okay, well, children pop into my mind. Not that I believe children cause divorces or a or, or relationship crumbles or anything, but when we do bring dependence into our marriage or our relationship, we have an obligation that they come first because they can't feed them. They might not be able to feed themselves or put themselves to sleep or bathe themselves or take care of themselves. So we have to put them first a hundred percent of the time. However, I want you to step back and kind of picture this, right? Because if we're putting our children first a hundred percent of the time and they need us a thousand percent of the time, When are we going to ever give our love and our time and attention to this to our spouse? And I, I'm a huge believer. There's no such thing as love running out. Right, love does not run out. There's always more love to give. So why don't we restructure our time once again so that we can have help coming into the house? uh, Whether it's somebody, you know, it needs to be somebody you trust. And especially during the times of COVID, it may be harder. You may be thinking it's harder to find people that you can trust or are strict as you is in terms of vaccination and masking and stuff like that. But you know what? You you can find these people. These people are out there. You just have to believe that there is somebody out there who wants to help my family, wants to earn money working for my family and you find them. So you bring them in, you get help, and then you can give a hundred percent, maybe 99%. So you can Watch your phone in case emergency happens with your kids. Ninety nine percent of your time with your spouse during that time, because when we're not placing our spouse number one, at least an hour a week, we also can can you know erupt and run into disasters. So I think those are the big three things: is the sorrow and the grief that we don't address or know how to communicate.
0: It, it's it's so interesting too because it's like you feel like you you have so much to get, you know, Oh yeah. I'll, I'll never, I'll, I'll always give my, my spouse the same amount of love and my children, et cetera. Um, and, and you're right. It doesn't, it is, it isn't finite, but when they, when they constantly need you, it is, it's hard. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it is. Um, so I, and I, I agree with that. I think I was reading something recently about how the first, you know, the first year after having a kid is the most challenging in any relationships uh, like, life. Um, and that the most important thing you could do is find a sitter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh,
0: Right. And comes back to scheduling date night and things like that as well. Like sometimes it's just like 20 minutes to take a walk around the block. Um, Oh my
1: gosh. Yeah.
0: But it's, it is, it's so important and it, it, uh, children are such, you know, such a blessing and such a enhancement to the relationship, but definitely it could definitely cause no and that's why
1: that's why i hesitated when i saw children because i love my children they are a blessing from above and they are sent to earth to teach us but for sure you have to maintain the other most important relationship in your life so that you know everybody can benefit
0: and the other point about fixing things—I know I've, I'm such a—I yes. I do that all the time. I'd be like, "Okay, well, this is what we're going to do." Like, no, no, no. You, she just wants you to listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's Especially as physicians, we're such fixers, you know. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, it's such an important, and, and you know, you catch yourself all the time. But yes. I think those are those are great. Well done for being on the spot. So, <laughs> Thank okay, you, fine. Andrew. We're gonna ask her that question next. Um, <laughs> So, Kate, at this point of the show, I just want to get to know the guest a little bit better. So, um, with all of your free time, what do you like to do for fun?
1: Oh, yes. Okay, so for fun, oh, man. I love to sing and dance. You can find me salsa dancing in the kitchen or singing to Disney songs with Alexa and my girls all the time. That's what I love to do. I actually fell in love with my husband on the dance floor. I, I fell in love with him because he knew how to salsa dance, like, like me. Like, I just was so free and he could really, really just salsa dance. And, and also because he was a math genius too. So yeah, in my free time when I'm not, you know, helping women physician moms and, uh, at radiology, I dance, I sing, I hang out with friends as much as I can, uh, right now. And sometimes it's on the phone and virtually, but, um, and, and I, I mean, I just I'm so I'm always re- I'm always reading or I actually listen to audiobooks. I love listening to audiobooks on relationships, just because I've I've always just been so passionate about that and like the mind and what makes the mind work. So I think oh, and I mean, I love I love fashion too. So I love also making sure I always have something fun and bright to wear. Like today you can't see it, but I'm wearing like this really bright pink um, jumper, which makes me feel better. Even though you can't see me, I'm smiling at myself.
0: <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's important as well so getting get, bouncing off of that what's uh what's a book recommendation you have for the listeners
1: okay a book recommendation oh my gosh yeah, okay okay so I have a couple of different uh, d- different subjects. So if you're wanting a parenting book, the book that I'm currently listening to and re-listening to all the time is called Conscious Parenting. And it just takes parenting to a whole new level. And it makes you see parenting through a completely different lens than just discipline. I mean, it's just like it teaches you about how to think about your children and really just rethink the things you do it puts me in a much calmer and peaceful place so conscious parenting um the other what is the one of the other books uh, that I've been reading recently. Oh, um, the one that I'm about to start is think and grow rich. Uh, and, and that's just like all on money mindset. Cause you know, I love money mindset and like making yourself like just believing you can, you're, you're earning potential and money is infinite and it's abundant and it's not something that we have to have a scarcity, uh, mindset about, or, you know, think is limited. So I think that is one great one. And then, Oh, Okay, the last one I gave a book club to my residents uh, last month was called um, by Carnegie. Uh, how to is it influence people and win friends, or how to win friends and influence people? That's one of win my favorites. Yeah, how to win friends and influence people. That's one of my favorites of all times because to me, it's about life in general. I mean, it's just about it's. It, I know the last audiobook version is kind of like advertising and mark. It was a little bit about you know. Well, you may think it's about running a business, but really it's about uh, it's about life because uh, and navigating even your, your relationships at work everywhere. Because it's 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 just about how you you present yourself in the world, how you attract people into your life. And um, again, it's, it puts you in the right mindset. And I love that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean that's important just for yeah, like you said every day life, just like using people's names and like yes. you know just like the the lessons in there are so important. Conscious parenting uh, I should add to the list though. I haven't I haven't read that one. That's uh, Oh my that's gosh, one. put
1: that on your list, Andrew, and 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 listen to it while you're feeding Marlo or cooking or putting her to sl- or like lying down while she's trying to sleep. I mean, it it will blow your mind. I 100% recommend.
0: I will do that <laughs> after I a- finish my uh i'm rereading uh stephen hawking's a brief history on time because i'm a nerd Um, okay (laughs) but uh and i love space but like uh, (laughs) that'll be next so uh kate you've given us a lot of advice in this show but if you could give the early career physician uh, just one single piece of advice what would that be
1: okay one single piece of advice is you can do Hard things. This is actually my theme of this week. is you can do hard things. We go through so much as a resident and fellow and in attending and 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 I don't know, you know, depending on who your listener is, if you think you have things that are impossible, but I'll never be able to attain this. or you may be comparing yourself, right? We do this a lot in med school and residency. We compare ourselves to somebody else. and but guess what? You can do that too, just because they have something doesn't mean you can't have something too right so if if you're feeling bogged down because things seem impossible things seem too hard it's okay you can do it you just got to break it down into little steps and you have got to believe in yourself believe in yourself is so important and if you are having trouble believing in yourself believing that you can get through you know or maintain a, a relationship believing that you can get through this year or any type of goal you have, reach out, reach out for help. Because you know what? You are not alone. You are surrounded by thousands of other hundreds of thousands of other physicians on this planet who are all going through similar things. We may call them different things. They may be slightly different variations, but we're all feeling the same feelings, whether we name them or not, you know, happy, sad, angry, frustrated, the basic feelings, whatever you are feeling, There are hundreds of other people feeling the same thing. So reach out and figure out how they went through it or are going through it and how you can apply that to your own life. There is infinite, infinite number of resources to deal with your unique problem that you're dealing with right now in your life. You think you're the only one, but you're not. So it's up to you to become resourceful to find that right person to connect with, to talk to, to find the book, to listen to that podcast. But I'm going to tell you, you can read all the books and you can listen to all the podcasts, but it's not the same as actually speaking to a human and receiving human feedback. So please go do that no matter what you are feeling, share those sentiments with somebody else and find the right person. Okay. So it might take a few charms, but, but, um, you can do hard things.
0: Awesome. That's great advice. Great, great advice. Listen to that one again and again, people. Um, (laughs) So Kate, if people want to learn more about you or connect, where can they find you?
1: They can find me medicine, marriage, and money. So medicine, medicine, marriage, and money. I had that order because first I got my my MD, then I got married, and then I started making money. So my podcast is called Medicine, Marriage, and Money. I'm on Instagram at Medicine, Marriage, and Money. And my Facebook group for physicians, for male or women physicians, is Medicine, Marriage, and Money.
0: Wonderful. And all that'll be in the show notes. And I would definitely recommend you take a listen because it's great stuff. So- uh, Kate thank you so much for coming on the show and, and giving everybody such great advice about their relationships and and really their life so yeah really oh, one more one more thing to on add
1: here. one yeah. more thing to add I'm gonna give you a little um, uh, a link to put in the show notes it's actually a free ebook I created an 18 page ebook um, earlier this winter uh, that's called the Medical Marriage Survival Guide, an instruction manual for physicians in love. And it covers topics like in-laws, parenting, money, uh, households, chores, and it gives you actionable steps that you can actually take today to improve your relationship in, in your marriage um, or whatever relationship you're in. So uh, that is free today to anybody who's listening. And I found it, r- r- I mean, I poured my heart into this. So I think it's really valuable and your audience is going to love it.
0: Oh, yeah, that's great. So (laughs) check that out in the show notes as well. Uh, Thanks again. So, Kate, thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk soon.
1: Okay, thank you, Andrew. Bye.
0: Perfect timing to head to financialresidency.com slash Weatherby for a streamlined locum tenens experience. Whether you're new to locums or a pro, Weatherby is here to get you where you want to go. What a fantastic episode with Dr. Kate Mangona. I always enjoy talking to Kate. Her insight is amazing. I really enjoyed her points about marriage and residency, marriage as a new attending, and love and dating in general. If you enjoyed the show, please do me a favor and tell two to three of your colleagues, as well as leave me an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the word out there. The other thing I'd like you to do after listening is follow me on LinkedIn. It's my name, Andrew Tisser, T-I-S-S-E-R where you can find me spending the majority of my social media time these days. Thank you again for listening. And as always, keep talking. All opinions expressed by the guest in this episode are solely the guest's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Andrew Tisser DO, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof. The guest's opinions are based upon information he or she considers reliable, but Andrew Tisser DO, TalkToMe.LC, nor any affiliates thereof warrant its completeness or accuracy. The guest, Andrew Tisser DO, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this episode. The guest's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.